0: I swear, man, uh, freaking advertisements and stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm still sort of setting up and trying to get more people into, uh, the chat. Um, hopefully they come along. You're hearing the voice of Marie shadows here. Uh, this will probably be a, um, an actual, uh, podcast episode. You know, uh, we're just going to have fun. We're going to keep it in kayfabe and we're definitely going to be going over everything that we know so far in this, uh, bullet club drama. Um and uh stuff like that. I do want to thank uh Randy for being in the chat. Uh he's been super awesome. So uh you know thanks for coming by. Um we're gonna get started soon because I mean there's no point for me to like wait until the freaking Spotify ads go and then like I play the music again. So we're gonna go
1: in a little bit. Um hmm. Just telling people um
0: you know whoever wants to come by could come by it's a saturday it's the weekend um you know i should say happy weekend to everybody um and stuff like that so uh yeah let me just make sure that it's out once more um everything looks good
1: uh yeah um okay uh I have no problem like always telling people, hey,
0: you know, come by, you know, if I have to like sell myself out to be like, hey, come by my Twitch, come by my twitch, my Twitch, you know, we could always um do that. Um and anyways, like 5 30 over here. Um, uh, people are just waking up over in Japan in a way. Uh so yeah. Uh they know about it. Uh Oh, that's awesome, Randy. Uh, You can do that too. Um, That's great. Um, Reddit knows, by the way, I am a little famous on Reddit, which is kind of interesting, very interesting. Um, All right, let me uh, switch things over so that way you guys can see my prettiness. (laughs) All right. Um, See, I should have transitioned right into, you know, uh, my beginning, uh, stuff. So let me go and do that right now. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host Marie Shadows and on this episode of the Square Circle Podcast, yes, it is live. It is live on Twitch and YouTube. If you guys are not following my Twitch and YouTube, you guys should. A follow will help me out. A subscription over on YouTube would definitely help me out. So the easiest way for you guys to do that is to head over to www.twitch.com, twitch.com. See, always during the live streams, I fuck up somehow. I always fuck up somehow. Twitch.tv forward slash Marie underscore shadows. Always fuck up somehow. Twitch.tv forward slash Marie underscore shadows. Now, over for the subscription side for YouTube is definitely youtube.com forward slash square circle podcast. Uh, which again, if you guys are watching this live, I highly thank you for tuning in to watch me, to watch me and hear me talk about uh wrestling and how it relates to writing and how like this whole bullet club drama that's happening um can definitely can definitely be fit into like a novel. Uh we're only at the beginning stages of it and then I'll try to break it down as best as I can to let you guys know what will be considered the parts of a novel for this. But let me not get too ahead of myself. Um, I do think that it's amazing that people on here uh actually helped me reach um three out of the four to reach a Twitch affiliate, to try to reach
1: a Twitch affiliate. Um, The only thing that I am uh, missing
0: is basically um, average viewers which I just need like three average viewers. Uh to be honest, it's been going up and down between like 1.4, uh maybe like two you know one or something. But other than that, like um what can I say? Uh yeah. So essentially that's the only thing that I need. I do wanna thank everybody that has decided to follow the Twitch channel. We are currently up to 52 followers. And the next goal is to hit 75. Is it to hit 75 people? Oh, I guess not. I was thinking that in order to reach partner, I would have to uh, get like 75 uh, followers, but it's 75 viewers, uh, which is a little bit different. Um, so, but I do want to thank everybody has, that has decided to follow the Twitch channel. Uh, it means a lot to me. It really does. Um, and so, um, to have what 52 followers, um, our goal will be 75 and we could get there cool, you know, no rush. Um, the only thing that I want to do is try to get at least, uh, three, an average for three viewers. And that's not me. Like, you know, I'm encouraging it. I I am encouraging it but um other than that like I'm not telling you or anything that people want to think bad. Um all right. So um as long as you guys, you know, follow me when uh, you're listening to this after the fact, that'd be great too. Um so let's see. Let's let's talk about the stuff that, you know, really brings you here and this here we talk, right? So um we're not going to get ahead to what's been happening uh, currently because there's a lot to unpack. But, um, you know, as you know, I love saying that I have a writing degree and I have a publishing certificate, which is all true. And sometimes when I go on Twitter and I'm like, hey, you know, AEW, for example, needs a writer's room. I always get hit with some type of um, not really backlash. I wouldn't call it backlash. I would call it like resistance. I will get hit with resistance. Um, and so that's just, I guess, part of the, the nature just because, um, uh, just because people have this, uh, notion that WWE fucked things up. Right. Uh, and I can definitely agree that, yeah, when it came to what it meant to be a writer in professional wrestling, that was like, standard because like no one else really had writers per se no one had like a showrunner to also kind of direct where the show wants to go where the characters want to go and stuff so i can understand why people will be a little resistant but i am here to change your perception of like what it means to be a writer because i personally think that my job as a writer is to guide the character to make sure that the character because everything is in kayfabe even if um, people on Twitter are like, Oh, I know this guy, this person's personal life and like all these things that they do. And it's like, yeah, you know, probably you shouldn't know all their personal life just because that's a little creepy, a little stalkery. Um, unless like you're like best friends with them or starting to become actual friends where you hang out and it's not just behind a phone screen, you know? Um, so me as a writer, I would definitely keep everything kayfabe. Your character does what your character is supposed to do in order to tell this wonderful story that, you know, you're a wrestler in the business and you go from point A to point B all the way to like point Z. So that way, you know, you, at the end of the road, you're getting a championship title, right? Cause it's all about, you know, the chase It's all about the drama. It's all about the entertainment you know, you can have a, perf- a perfect wrestling match, but if there's no, like, in-ring story, in-ring psychology, then what's the point of you being on this journey as this character that you're playing? A lot of wrestlers out there would be like, well, I'm playing myself, which is cool, but if you cannot, like, connect with um, the audience in some aspect right? Then you're sort of failing because me as a fan, I'm going to a wrestling event to watch you for two hours. Well, you and the rest of uh, your colleagues for like two hours, maybe three at best. And I want to escape the bullshit that's going on in my reality. And I want to be transported into your reality. into your parallel universe. So that way I can feel like I had a good three hours and I could go home on, on the drive home and be like, that was the best thing ever. You know, I met my favorite wrestlers. I got pictures with them. They told amazing stories. And somehow, some way we kind of connected because, you know, we may have the same taste in um, the book, the the book genres that we read or the video games that we play, or, you know, maybe some hobby that like no one else has. Like you have to find that sort of creativeness and that sort of spark that can um, connect you with the fans. It's okay to play yourself. It really is. But sometimes playing a character is a little bit better just because you're able to tell more stories and try to, you know, be a little bit more flexible in something that your character would do, but not necessarily you would do. However, with the way that Twitter is, uh, Twitter is very, very close-minded when it comes to being something more in wrestling and trying something like on the edge, if it doesn't agree with them and their morals, it's kind of hard to try to break out of that, you know? Um, And I think that sometimes people in the wrestling community sort of like stifle wrestlers. um, And this is why we have a bunch of wrestlers with like actual first and last names and not like, you know, back in the day when we had like Doink the Clown and we had, you know, um, I don't know why I want to say like, uh, I'm going to say it wrong. Like Duke, the dumpster brosie. I probably said it wrong, but like, you know, we don't have very much larger than like characters, but then again, like actual first and the first and last names, you know, can work. Um, but you're going to have to give yourself a moniker because like, you know, it's very boring to just say, you know, this person's first and last name that comes out when you are, um, basically introducing them, announcing them and stuff. So, you know, it's sort of like, I sort of miss the days of larger than life characters. I could have said the Undertaker, Undertaker is one Kane, um, you know, uh, just larger than life characters where you refer to them as their name. Um, that's not like their real name, you know, um, if that makes any sense. Uh, so yeah. Uh, the thing is that, uh, I wanted to sort of open this up with like, the importance of getting a character, the importance of what it means to like be a different type of writer in this business, uh, just so that way we could keep things moving along. So like another thing that my position will probably do uh, is just to make sure that, oh yeah, Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, that's another example too. I don't know why I can't think of like the larger than life characters. Uh, Coco Beware was definitely a larger than life character. Um, You know, uh, we had, like, a lot of larger-than-life characters and you believe them, you know? Uh, back then, it was more like, hey, is everything rather than, like, now where, you know, Twitter is on the hunt for the next scandal and Twitter is on the hunt for the next, like, personal thing. And it's like you guys don't need to go into their personal lives. If the wrestler wants to share their personal life with you and to the public, that's their own thing and they have to deal with that. But don't go searching just because, you know, you want to be first, you know, and I don't want to get into that topic because, um, wrestling media loves to be first for everything. And then when they're wrong, they don't apologize. Uh, which, you know, by the way, quick thing out there, I don't understand how you guys can pay $5 to like $13 a month for lies when you can have fun with me and other content creators that I love to put over, that I've been on other people's shows and I have collaborated with other people that make amazing, um, oops, hold on. (laughs) That's, that's great. Um, this is a conspiracy. It's, it's a, it's a conspiracy. Um, man, give me a second. my camera my my camera went out um this is not a raid quit, so don't
1: think it is um why is it not okay, I hate this uh, but yeah, I'm just gonna keep talking. uh you guys gonna see me here um. Sometimes I can't multitask. Wow, it doesn't even want to. Don't tell me I have to uh,
0: close out my OBS. Um, I don't think I have to. Uh, I don't think I have to. I really hope I don't. Uh, but yeah, like I was saying, um, that. I don't know
1: how people can, that's discord. I hate this. (laughs) Oh man. Um,
0: It's always like if you touch one little thing Um,
1: if you touch one little thing, that's it. It's like... I don't have another one on the other side. Okay, I am... All right. I'm back. So I figured
0: out how to bring my camera back. Um, I guess I did not need to, uh restart everything because I thought that was going to be it. But no, I guess because I said, um, uh, because I told the thing that discord can access it, that it, it goes. Uh, yeah, that's, that's very interesting. So yeah, let me try, uh, let me try my rant once again. Uh, so for anybody that's just coming back in, uh, I had a little technical difficulties and I was in the middle of ranting about wrestling media And how I don't understand the internet wrestling community can pay $5 to like $13 for lies while you have myself and other podcasters out there that are putting out wonderful work, that are putting out original work. And we have to work 10 times as harder to try to keep up with the demand of creating wrestling content. I do not believe that um, wrestling news is actual content. Um, because if all you're going to be doing is, um, you know, uh, sending out emails and text messages and just waiting for stuff back, like that's not content. Content is doing this 24 seven can wake up and start a live stream, watch wrestling, review it, make podcast episodes, explain, you know, storylines, um, maybe explain a little bit about like, you know, maybe the wrestler should be acting this way or that way. But then again, it's not my place to really tell how a wrestler should act. But in the course of like a story, like, you know, uh, just tweaks and stuff like that, I guess I could say that, but you know, that's a lot of hard work and also, you know, creating articles and, you know, in-depth really, uh, think articles, I guess, if you want to call them that. Uh, so, you know, I just don't think waiting around for an email from like, WWE or your sources to be like, hey, can you confirm this or confirm that? And it's like, oh, I want to be first. I want to break the news to, like, everybody. And it's like, well, you know, there's other people who want to live in kayfabe and there's other people that don't want to anger wrestlers when lies come out about them and then there's no, like, backtrack or there's no uh, apologies or anything like that. So, you know, um, yeah, you know, that's how I felt about it. That's what I was going to rant about. It's just that, you know, I have, um, you know, my coffee page, which, you know, you guys can definitely go and support over there. You know, coffee makes it easy for people because it's not a commitment, okay? It's not like Patreon. Patreon is definitely a commitment, but with coffee, you have the option to just, you know, leave me a $3 tip and then, you know, just leave. You know, think of it like a one night stand, guys. Like, you know, you come in, you're like, oh, cool. I like Marie Shadows, you know, body of work. That's awesome. Let me uh, throw down some like three or four dollars and then bam, you know, you could go right back out the door. There is no commitment like it is for a Patreon. So, you know, get on that coffee uh trend. Head over to uh ko-fi.com forward slash Marie underscore Shadows because there's a lot of work over there that takes time and effort. And I'm not waiting for my phone to uh ring for like my source to be like, hey, let's uh drop this news or let's confirm this. You know, I kind of you know I can't say I kinda. I do respect uh the wrestlers um privacy and like anything like that. So that's why you know I keep it all kayfabe on my channel, uh no matter what. But yeah, that was gonna be my rant before you know the freaking, uh webcam decided to be like uh. Yeah, I'm not working anymore cuz I lightly like nudged it. Um anyway, let's get back to the topic at hand which is definitely definitely uh New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, as you know, uh New Japan Pro Wrestling has started the New Japan Cup. It started on March 2nd. Uh we are currently uh, I don't even know what day we're on, but I know we're on the 12th. Uh so let's see. Uh they had the 2nd and I believe the sixth, the seventh, the eighth. Oh, probably not. So maybe we're on like one, two, three, four, five, six. Maybe this is night six. Um, I don't know. Sometimes it gets so blurry together that I'm just like, I don't know what night this is. Um, but uh, so far, um, you know, it has. This is the third round next. Yeah. Um, but, and like, you know, people like to break it up into days. Uh, but yeah. So, so far, I think all of my, all of my picks have like went through. Cause the first time that I did New Japan cup, nothing happened. Nothing went through. Um, I think that was in 20 because that was when Jay White was there and I was like, oh, Jay White is going to win in the New Japan cup. And then no, um, he got, um he got stopped by David Finley. So, yeah, which by the way, that video um has like 900 views for that one because that video was fun to do. Especially the thumbnail. The thumbnail was really fun for um that matchup. Um I'm going over to my notes. Uh I didn't really take notes for like uh this past one that just aired uh just because it's it's all up in my head. Um but
1: I guess we can start with uh, the most important thing is that um, for March 10th, when we had... um, Okay. So I guess we should go through Chase Owen's uh, notes, uh, because there's a lot of stuff to unpack there. Um,
0: Because I don't really want to start from like all the way from like the beginning of New Japan Cup um, there's, like, specific story story elements that I wanted to uh, do uh, just because of, like, you know, Chase said a lot, uh, which needs to be unpacked. And then, you know, um, the main event of Fale versus Tanahashi, uh, I felt like um, Fale should have won that for story reasons. And then, you know, we could talk about how that sort of weaves into uh, the interview that Tama had. Um, with New Japan Pro Wrestling, which was amazing. Uh, you guys should read the article. Um, New Japan likes doing this thing where they put out, like, a mini video package of, like, the interview that they do, and then they have, like, the uh, the long form where it's written. And I'm like, just give me the whole entire thing, man. Um, you know, I don't mind reading it. Like, I read it, and I was like, oh, man, this is going to get great. And then I was reading some past interviews uh, that Fale was doing, um... And he was talking about, like, you know, uh, the whole Bullet Club thing. This is, like, 2018 interviews I'm talking about. He hasn't done anything new or recent uh, as of, like, we know. Uh, all right, so let's just start, right? Because because I guess this is the big elephant in the room that, you know, with Chase saying all this kind of stuff. So for March 10th... Um, Kevin Kelly needed a special guest, and he went to go get um, Chase, which was, you know, very nice. It was something different. Um, You know, I always enjoy uh, Kevin Kelly on commentary, and I enjoy Chris Charlton on commentary, too. And, you know, those two are, like, both of my inspirations and sort of, like, motivations uh, to continue to do, like, my practice commentary, which I still have. And maybe one day on the live stream, I'll do commentary for you guys. Like, let's see how that goes. Um, just because I want to do more and help more in the business. Um, so, you know, practicing that. So while Chase was on commentary, uh, you know, Kevin asked him those questions. Because we all have questions like, you know, what is happening in the state of Bullet Club and stuff. So, you know, uh, Chase had mentioned that he follows Fale. Wherever Fale goes, uh, he follows them follows him. Uh cool. Awesome. Um, that's the same way of like all the islanders uh, of Thomas Island. Like, we follow Tama where he goes. Um, you know. Uh, so if Fale is on Team J, that makes Chase on Team J, which is like interesting. Interesting. Um, and then uh, Chase mentioned that he's fine with the House of Torture. Um, if the House of Torture makes money, then he makes money, which is, I guess, kind of true. Um, I do want to say that after this New Japan Cup, that uh, the House of Torture needs to be away from Bullet Club and be its own thing, because obviously you can see that they don't need the legs of Bullet Club to sort of um, give them more uh, help more of a push, like, they really don't need that. So, I think at the end of New Japan Cup, they should definitely, like, you know, separate themselves, they could definitely stand on their own, and I would like it better if they're just this um, unit by themselves, um, just to give another team, just because of, like, I don't know. Um, there's a lot of teams in New Japan Pro Wrestling, but I don't think House of Torture needs Bullet Club anymore.
1: Um, so, Here's where it gets interesting, right? So, in story, in
0: kayfabe, because I really don't want no one coming after me and shit, um, telling me that I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, In story, in kayfabe, uh, Chase blames Tama for all of this. And I'm like, I could see where, you know, Tama could get a little heated. Uh, Tama tends to wear his emotions on his sleeve and tends to do things um, that may be questionable in uh, quick thinking. So you could think of it like, um, you know, he uh, he attacks first and uh, asks questions later. Uh, that's the type of character that Tama has. But the flip side of that is that, you know, Tama will take care of you, Tama will bring you in, as long as you're able to show why, your Bullet Club material, to show why, you know, you're the wrestler that you are, and, you know, um, I guess, uh, like, treat you like family when, you know, when he does. Um, I don't think that he leaves you, uh, I don't think he leaves you out to dry. Um, but I do think that, you know, he can't always hold the person's hand. That's, that's not what you're supposed to be doing in the first place. Um, but you know, there's this dual nature within, um, Tama that like, you know, you
1: have to, uh, uh, I'm, I, I lost the words. <laughs> okay, this is this is like dual
0: nature that you're gonna have to realize that um, Tama has. Uh, you don't if you don't if you don't fuck him over, he's not gonna fuck you over, right? Uh, that's how I like um, you know figure it out because uh, it's the same way with me and my personality. Like you know, if you don't push me to that line, then you know we're good. We're not gonna like you know. Go blow to blow if that makes sense. Uh so Randy says, uh, I have concerns for Chase's choice, as he may need Tama later on. What if Jay does not want Chase part of his plans or turns on Chase?
1: Uh
0: Chase may end up caught in the crossfire. Um, yeah, um, I can see that, but um. You know, by Chase bringing up July 7th, 2018, right? It's 2018. Yes. By Chase bringing up July 7th, 2018, I think he already made it clear in his mind that he's going to be basically following Fale wherever he goes. And Fale might like swerve us. He might. I don't know. Um, But... Because of what happened on July 7th, 2018, which I had to research for, um, I think it's petty, just because. So, Randy, do you know what happened on July 7th, 2018? Oh yes, and by the way, this is live, so those hearing it on the podcast, uh, Randy's in the chat, and Randy's been super cool. So, yeah, just to reiterate that. Um, so yeah, July 7th, 2018 is an important date, uh, for Chase. Um, so I'm just wondering if you
1: knew, if you remember what happened on that day. And if any, um, uh, I mean, I'm going to probably tell you anyway, uh, (laughs) All right. So while
0: Randy's looking that up, uh, because that is an important like factor into this as to why he's siding with Fale slash J is uh because on July 7th, right? And for some reason, uh, you know, I remember I remember this differently than he does. So this is why I had to like go back and watch it. So, if you guys have uh, New Japan World, the subscription, you're able to go back and watch this particular event, which is um, which is basically um, the Cow Palace in San Francisco. It was the G One there, and so when you watch the main event of Kenny Omega versus um, Cody Rhodes, right? Uh, this was during the first Bullet Club Civil War, which. I remember that I didn't like it. Looking back at it, I didn't like it. I, uh, during that time, I was Team Kenny Omega. You know, fuck Cody. Um, so, you know, we had the main event. Um, Kenny Omega won. Kenny Omega said his uh, his words and stuff. And then you had Tama come out. You had Loa come out and also King Haku. And, you know, they're there celebrating with the Elite. And then all of a sudden, Tama attacks Kenny. Everyone attacks everyone, bring them to the ring. um, And then, like, Hangman comes out, Marty comes out. um, Even uh, Chase and Yujiro come out during that time to sort of calm down um, what we now know as the firing squad, which is Haku, um, Loa, and Tama. And so even the friendship that, uh, you know, they had with Chase and Yujiro trying to calm everything down... Um, you know, Tama just decided to uh, have something click and decided to do a cutter onto uh, Chase. Uh, Before that, um, Loa uh, basically did a back body drop to Yujiro, and then Tama hit the cutter on... uh, No, the Tonga twist. Sorry. Tama hit the Tonga twist on Chase and basically screamed at him, whose side are you on? So from that time all the way to now, uh, he kept that inside, and then someone within Bullet Club who has actual balls to go against uh Tama, meaning Jay White, um decided well, Jay White decided to uh basically stab Tama in the back. Chase is using July 7, 2018, as his reason for siding with Jay rather than siding with Tama. However, I say that that's a petty thing only because, um, you know, Tama did it once. I can understand if, like, Tama did it again on the next, like, show where he just randomly came up uh, during your match or after your match to do, like, another Tonga twist or maybe a cutter or something or, you know, stop you from achieving a championship title. But because it was only one time, and, that, and this is going to be the catalyst for the decision-making uh, going forward. It's fucking petty. Because, you know, if you guys were, like, men in the Bullet Club, you guys would definitely go up to each other and be like, Hey, why did you do the tongue-in-twist? Like, you know, these are my friends, too. Like, why can't we all just get along? Like, before... I'm not gonna gonna say before, this is after because Loa after that was like, everybody is equal in the Bullet Club and then they kicked out the Elite and everything. But it's the fact of you sometimes just don't like why do I want to say go into business for yourself? He didn't go into business for himself. Like Chase showed up on like a few um, you know BTE episodes, especially when um, during that time uh, The Elite plus um, uh, Chase went to that one Hot Topic and um, basically they got, like, everybody there and they all, like, shopping and stuff. So there's that one being the Elite episode and I think, like, Chase was on a couple of them. Tama was on, like, only one as, like, a cameo when he jumps down and he says, hey, I really like those guys. Um, You know, talking about the Elite and stuff. Uh, So there's a difference in, like you know, um, Chase was hanging out with them while Thomas like, on the other side doing stuff related to Bullet Club, trying to build up Bullet Club over there. And then, you know, he could see it as, like, him, like, Chase having fun. And then to do the tongue and twist to uh, Chase and stuff like that and, you know, left the American side over. But the biggest thing is that, to remember is that the firing squad at the time only kicked out the Elite. So that means that, you know, uh, Chase and Ujual were just casualties um, in this whole kicking out the Elite and Cody. uh, Because if that was the case, then, you know, Chase would have been gone, Ujual would have been gone if, like, they felt it was necessary. But this is just casualties. But like I said, if they were, like, actual real men to talk it out, you know, maybe apologies would have been there and then the thought process would have been you're just casualties, that's it. Um, yeah, so Randy says, Uh, seems like a long time ago, but Tama does tough love for Bullet Club. Um, yeah, uh, you could definitely tell that he does a lot of tough love for a lot of things. Uh, like I said, he likes. I can't say he likes to, he probably, he probably does like to, (laughs) um, he likes to wear his emotions, um, on his sleeve. Um, you know, uh, that's, that's the one thing about, uh, Tama is that like, he doesn't hide certain emotions. Um, you know, he, uh, basically, he does what he does what's best for Bullet Club. Uh, to the best of his ability and how much he could go. Um, so, yeah, that's a very important date. Um, and it's very telling. Um, so July 7th, 2018, at the Cow Palace in San Francisco. Um, which, by the way, the way that I remember it, I really don't remember Chase and Ujral being there. Uh, that's why I had to go like research it and look it up. Because I only remember... The, um, the aftermath a little bit and then on the Being the Elite episode which is uh, episode 110 so if you guys want to go back into the archives episode 110 is where you'll see at the end where like everybody, the Elite is, uh, you know all in the uh, hotel room, they're all eating, uh, here comes a knock in comes Cody uh, Cody starts uh, eating with them and then Cody says so how are we going to get back at them? And everybody just shrugs. And then Cody says, man, what's Haku's problem? Which, by the way, is uh, pretty funny in itself. Um, But, yeah, after all that, they they didn't go after Tama. I mean, they probably should have. If they felt so strongly. I mean, Cody felt strongly about it. But, um, yeah, uh, that is a very telling date. Um, And then when Chase also puts the blame on Tama, he always he said during a uh, commentary that whenever something goes down, uh, there's always this tension between either Tama and Evil, Tama and Jay, and I think those are the only two. I, I, my brain is like, he probably said a third one, but I don't know who he said a third one about. Um, So, you know, in Chase's mind, he's probably like, Tama is a common denominator of the troublemaker. And it's like, you know, looking on the outside, you might think that he could be a troublemaker just because he has that tough love to make sure that everybody is up to a certain standard A Bullet Club. Like, they don't let just anybody into Bullet Club. Like, you have to have that certain standard, that certain mindset where it's like, you know, you want to break all the rules uh, just because, you know, no one's really going to give you the time of day or even, like, accept you or, you know, look at you or whatever the case may be. But there's a certain mentality that you need to have in order to be part of Bullet Club. If you don't have that, they're not just going to accept anybody. I mean, we could probably say that they accepted Robbie Eagles as a, as anybody. Just because I'm just like, I don't know how he fits. Um, But... It's a good thing Robbie Eagles is not with Bullet Club, um, and he's long gone. Um, So, yeah, you know, but to just blame Tama for trying to instill a certain standard um, that was left upon them since Prince Devitt was the one that, like, created Bullet Club. So it's like, you know, um, you just can't blame it on one person, you know? Um, what else here do I have in my notes? Uh, okay. So that's, that was all of his stuff. Um, Randy says, Chase was noting that most of the problems in Bullet Club centers around Tama. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, also, I believe in 2017 G1, New Japan Pro Wrestling almost fired Tama for actions during the match. Uh, Gino pushed Eagles to be part of the uh, the Bullet Club. Oh, okay. Well, um, I mean, okay. So you mean the twenty eighteen uh G one that that that's the one we're talking about. Uh, well, I mean, they didn't fire him, even though they were probably thinking of it and probably pushing it. Uh, well, I mean, you know, you go and attack somebody like that. Yeah, you sort of like have grounds for like, yo, what are you doing? Um, okay, so I didn't know that Gino was um pushing for egos. Uh which, you know, it's like, all right, cool. It's a good thing that you're not like with Bullet Club anymore. Uh, cause the, you know, drama and everything. Um, but yeah. Uh so that's like the, the research that I had to do to make sure that I'm able to give you guys like the facts and kayfabe or anything like that. Um, I I did find it kind of like egotistical that Chase would just blurt out how much money he's making. And, you know, even if you're making that much money, um, you know, that could be gone in an instant because, you know, they could just take it from you while you're out here. Like I'm going to go side with Fale because wherever Fale goes, I go. And then Fale is, you know, uh, have him go to the top, but you know, Chase won a trophy. Uh, I'm still waiting for him to win like a championship title. Uh, but yeah, that's just me. Oh, okay, okay. So, Randy says, uh, nope, in 2017, Tama was disqualified several times. Oh, lots of heat between Tama and New Japan office then. Oh, okay, okay, that one. All right, so I heard rumblings about that. Um, but I don't think that has anything to do with what's, uh, like, currently happening and the story that's unfolding. Um, I do think that Tama has, uh, you know, decided to not uh, do anything stupid uh, anymore. Uh, so that way, you know, he can... He obviously still has his job, right? I mean, because Bullet Club's whole mantra is basically like going against uh New Japan management and you know all that kind of stuff. So um you know, it makes sense, but now he's sort of like
1: uh You care correct on that. The great what? <laughs> um but yeah,
0: um you know, uh, this is a different Tama that we're seeing. Um, it's very, very different. Uh, but okay, I'm, I am correct on that. Okay, cool. Um, it's a very different Tama. Uh, but Chase's uh story on commentary is very telling. There's a lot to really unpack and really like you know, um, put up you know, strings for like conspiracy stuff. Um, but July 7, 2018 is the biggest. Tell for why he, you know, would side with Fale. And then if Fale sides with Jay, you know, that's what it is. Which I think is kind of interesting that Fale has yet to say anything because, you know, um, even though Tama puts somebody as the face of a big group like Bullet Club, that doesn't technically mean that, you know, you're the leader. You're given the role as. Playing the face while you know Tama in the background is doing things for Bullet Club and actually guiding and leading, and you're just there to present, you know, face. Um, I don't think that should give him the power to sort of you know kick him out and decide that you know Tama and Loa are no longer part of Bullet Club and that they were always dead weight. Well, Jay could definitely say that they were dead weight because that's that, that's his opinion. But to, to, like, physically, I guess physically at this point, kick them out uh, and, you know, Fale doesn't do anything about it because Fale is now the last original OG of Bullet Club, that's that's a little something. And I know that they're not supposed to give us everything, right? Um I know they're not supposed to give us everything when it comes to storytelling and this is going to be dragged out. I totally get that. But there are certain things that need to be established. Um, There are very certain things that need to be established, especially, um, you know, choosing sides and then also, uh, you know, the questioning of choosing the sides. Um, Because obviously it just seems like Gato came in along with Fale and, um, you know, asked, um, El Phantasmo, uh, Chase and, and Giotto, like, you know, which side are they on? And, you know, no one questioned it. Um, and just because, you know, Fale is there, like, shouldn't mean that that should scare them into like questioning things. Like how are you ever going to grow as a person and as a story and as a group, if you're not questioning, the one person that declared themselves a leader when they shouldn't be declaring themselves a leader. Like, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. And then to not question Gato of like, Hey, you know, did you know that the good brothers are going to like be coming back into the bullet club? Like, you know, is that a thing? Or even like even questioning that to, to follow like, Hey, did you know that this was happening? Um, but yes, Randy is completely right. Uh, New Japan does the long game with storylines, and that's what I love. I just think that with this particular type of storyline, a little bit more needs to be given because um, we're left with more questions uh, than answers. Um, but, you know, you need uh, you need a little bit more so that way fans can be, um, you know, attracted to it and fans can definitely be like, hey, um... You know, let me let me pay attention to the storyline. You know, for example, every single week, right, we all see on Twitter that people complain about, you know, WWE. Yes, this is going to be a New Japan uh, podcast episode, but I'm giving you guys examples uh, to, like, get my point across. Um, you know, every single week, uh, people watch WWE and what they do, they complain about it. Uh, yesterday was SmackDown, and apparently... Pete Dunn made his uh, roster, main roster debut, and they call him Butch. And all I see on the timeline is people screaming at WWE about the name change. And it's like, you know, first of all, just look at the way he dresses and look at who he associates with. Obviously, like, it makes sense to, like, call him Butch, even though that's probably, like, the worst name to call him. But for the sake of, like, you know, what they wanted to do, Um, you know, it works for what they wanted to do, but people complain about it. Right. So, you know, back to the point of like new Japan pro wrestling, if they gave us a little bit more, um, info, a little bit more story bites, um, and have myself and other people out there who cover new Japan pro wrestling, uh, to talk about it and get buzz behind it you know maybe a fan who's fed up with WWE or a fan who's fed up with AEW will want to come into the New Japan circle and be like ooh what is this teach me you know everything that you know um that's why i think it's it was very important to have chase at commentary to you know give us that little bit more of information um, as to like why he decided to go with Fale and what's his reasoning behind it, and then like giving us the date of July seventh, twenty eighteen, and then, you know, uh explaining why, you know, he blames Tama for all of this. Uh so you know, that's that's what it is. Um, I just think that, you know, the more that we talk about it, the more that we have answers. We could then do speculations and stuff. Um, I'm just trying to get the point across of you know, if we had a little bit, if we have a little bit more, which we are going to probably get more after Sunday when we see, uh, Tama versus evil, we'll get a little bit more insight. Um, but in the beginning, it should have been a little bit more, um, because all we have is more questions and stuff like that. But I hope you guys get that idea that I threw out there. Like, you know, um, if we had a little bit more to say, maybe more people will come in and you know be interested in New Japan Pro Wrestling if they get like fed up with, um, you know, WWE and like AEW and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that's Chase's bit to like dissect. Um, now let's get to uh, the main event of uh, March 10th, which was Fale versus Tanahashi. Okay. I love Tanahashi. I really do. Tanahashi uh, is an amazing performer. He is definitely a once-in-a-lifetime, uh, once-in-a-century performer too. However, ooh, excuse me, however they're wording it, right? Because I don't really know how they're wording it. But, um, you know, uh, I think that Fale should have won against Tana. I understand why Tanahashi won. Uh, he won because you know he's still the the light. He's still the hope. Um, in this COVID situation over there in uh, Japan, so you know, um, I get why he won. Um, however, when you're dealing with a huge ass story like this, you can't miss an important piece of um something that needed uh to happen. If this wasn't happening, then, you know, it's okay. Folly didn't need to advance. But because we have um this specific Bullet Club drama where everyone is almost silent except for Jay and Tama, you know, we need a little bit more. We need a little bit more people talking. Um, Especially a lot more people questioning of like, hey, what is really gonna, like, go down? I don't know. I'm in that mood of like, you know, you guys remember the really fun game Among Us and everybody would hit the emergency button, we need that for fucking Bullet Club right now. We need to hit the emergency button and, like, talk all this shit out. Like, it's really ridiculous.
1: But, uh... So, I think that,
0: uh... should have won, right? Because my whole thing, like, if you've been watching uh, the channel, and, um, if you have, see, (laughs) see, Randy, Randy's completely right, um, Randy is completely right, so Randy says, Folly winning would have justified Chase's comments more, but his loss now casts doubts, it really does, and then you're starting to think that maybe there's going to be a swerve Uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, at the time, whenever we get there, we, this might end up like going all the way to May because in May, that's when the Bullet Club was made. So in May, it'll be nine years of Bullet Club, man. Um, but yeah, it absolutely does. And I think that's where they missed the important part. Like I get it. Tanahashi is your guide the same way that Okada is your guide, New Japan, but you can't, um, put um you can't put a stop or slow the momentum down of this bullet club drama because then you know it's like what's the point? Um Fale should have won and went on to the next round. Um and this probably should have been like story driven. Uh when I say this I mean the New Japan Cup. I think the New Japan Cup should have been story driven because we well not we because they decided um, to start this Bullet Club drama now, right? Um, so, okay. So if you've been following my channel for a while, even my podcast episodes and stuff like that, I did a whole breakdown of all of my picks of like who I want to win uh, the New Japan Cup and why. And it's all story-based. So I would have loved if Fale would have been in the finals with Tama, right? Somehow Okada gets eliminated because like, I really don't think it's proper for a champion to be at the finals when, if Okada won, is he going to challenge himself for the title? Like, this is what didn't make any sense for having the champions in the New Japan Cup when they could have like, you know, not be there or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's just, I just thought of that now. Like, imagine if Okada won, uh, the New Japan Cup, like, is he going to really challenge himself for the belt? Like that sounds really stupid coming out of my mouth. Anyway, um, so I had um fantasy booked Folly versus Tama in the finals because um if you guys read that interview of uh you know that Tama did with New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, and I think he did with Chris Charlton. Um so props to uh Chris for that. Um Tama really says that, you know, he honestly doesn't know what's happening. In the sense of he doesn't know if he's still bullet club, he doesn't know, you know, the next step. Um, you know, he's figuring he's figuring it out as we go along. Um, and so, you know, that's cool, that's great. I think that um whenever you're presented to be in front of Fale, Fale just feels like the guy who um the guy who's the final boss. Um, yeah. Uh, Fale feels like the final boss uh, in your journey uh, in order for you to either like pass a test or pass his recommendation or something like that. Like, you know, and I think that comes with uh, me watching uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Lions War uh, documentary series. So like, you know, Fale just has that presence about him where it's like you don't want to fuck with him. You don't want to push his buttons. You want to make sure that everything that you do has like heart and soul and ambition towards it. And, you know, even if you maybe give up, you know, there's like some chance of, you know, some type of redemption, right? Like he just has that. Um, so I would think, um, that Fale, uh, versus Tama would have been a great storytelling element because now that. Tama is floating around, you know, out of Bullet Club. The same thing with Loa. Um, You know, if he would have fought Fale, it would have been, like, his final test to see if he's really, truly Bullet Club material, right? Which, by the way, we all know that Tama is, like, true Bullet Club material. Or if everything that everyone is saying in the background is completely true about Tama, that, like, he's a troublemaker, he always starts shit, Um, You know, he wears his emotions on his sleeve and stuff. So, like, I would think that if Fale got to the finals uh, and Tama were to meet him there, that that would be Tama's final test to see what happens. And then from there, they can definitely be like, you know, once Tama wins the New Japan Cup, he can challenge Okada and imagine if they give him the belt. Um, And then that will, like, infuriate Jay White more. And, you know, it's just going to, it's just going to break down, you know, it's going to break down. And I think that's um sort of where New Japan sort of fucked up by having Fale lose to Tanahashi on March 10th in the New Japan Cup. Uh, I'm, I'm a sucker for stories, really good storytelling. And I thought, and I think that that would be a very strong way to present the drama that's happening because I just don't want it to be like how it felt the first time Bullet Club decided to um be in this civil war bullshit because again like looking back at you know Cody versus Kenny Cody Rhodes did not need Bullet Club at all like I don't understand why he was fucking there in the first place you know Cody Rhodes has all the potential in the world you know he has the legacy of his fucking name and then decided to be part of Bullet Club, to be part of, you know, the elite, and then break it up. And then, you know, it was getting a little too much. um, And, you know, the firing squad wanted to bring it back down. But looking back at it, that was like the really stupidest first, like, Civil War. This one, I'm a little bit more happier about just because um, it's different. It feels different. When Jade did the Blade Runner to Tama, that shit hit different. That shit hit different in my heart because I enjoy both of their work. I, you know, praise both of them. Um, and, you know, to have that done to, like, family really hurt. So it's like, this one's a little bit more better. Um, Because we have two good storytellers that will definitely um give us one hell of a ride. Um and I could definitely say from experience that um you know Tama Tama is a super smart man and he's very passionate about this business no matter what. Um he he really does love what he what he does and how he entertains us and you know We're going to be along for this crazy-ass ride. Um, And this is the hottest story going to professional wrestling. Um, Aside from this, it's whatever WWE is doing with Roman and Brock and all that. And then whatever AEW is doing. But this storyline right here, the
1: Bullet Club storyline, is... um... (laughs) Uh... Hold on. Um... (laughs) Sorry, I'm getting distracted. Uh, but
0: yeah, uh, the Bullet Club storyline is the hottest storyline going today. And it's really, really like something you guys should definitely um, check out and definitely like, you know, follow me. Uh, you can definitely follow uh, the Square Circle Podcast and Marie Shadows. You know, you can follow everything here because uh, I will give you guys updates and we talk about this. And Randy will come in and, like, help me out to be like, well, this happened this way and stuff like that. So, yeah, you know. So, speaking of Randy, (laughs) Randy puts in chat, uh, maybe Chase advances and then somehow needs to confirm his choice. Will be interesting how it all plays out, but let's remember when Gato and Jay betrayed Chaos and Okada. Okay. Cool. We're gonna, okay, I'm gonna dive into that, right? Uh, So, <laughs> the way that Jay and Gato decided to betray Okada, that was a little bit different than, like, how this betrayal with Tama happened, only because Jay kept telling Okada that he was gonna do it. You know, he did not uh, make it seem like, oh, I'm never gonna do it, or he never mentioned it. Like, With Okada, Jay was straightforward. He was like, you have something. I want it. Um, I'm going to take it from you. um, And you know I'm going to do it. And that's exactly what Jay did. Uh, Jay did not make, um, did not hide anything. Uh, This, if we want to compare this to like what he did with Tama, um, that is like two different things. But like, I could see where you're going with, with this because we could definitely say that Tama, you know, should have had eyes in the back of his head and should have sort of like realized that even though he betrayed Okada back in the day, one day he might end up betraying Bullet Club because sometimes I feel like when he hasn't gotten enough satisfaction for something, he cuts it out of his life and like continues to move on and use that as a stepping stone for him to um, definitely get better. You know, or definitely get his name out there more. Um, so him taking out Okada was basically him doing it in front of Okada's face, but Okada was just like, nah, you know, it's fine. Okada has that freaking chip on his shoulder where he doesn't take anybody seriously but himself, the same way that he didn't take, uh, you know, Tama seriously, and Tama has a victory over Okada, and Tama just overlooked, uh, I'm sorry, Okada overlooked Tama uh, when they had their match uh, at the G1 and Tama won. And then at Power Struggle, uh, Okada managed to right that wrong. It's the same way of how Okada looked at Jay. Okada overlooked Jay. So he did not care if Jay was saying straight to his face, I'm going to take that title from you. I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to destroy chaos. I'm going to do all this shit. Okada didn't care. Uh that's because of that freaking chip on his shoulder and overlooking guys. Now, when it comes to Chase advancing, right? I said this. I said multiple times um on this podcast explaining my decisions that um hold up, I need to bring it up. Uh I wish that uh hold on.
1: What's what's this? Uh nope, that's not it. That's not it. Um, nope. Uh, is it this? Nope.
0: I have so many images here that I like. You know, um, do I have it here? Ah, okay. So it is. Okay. So I'm gonna bring in a picture because I did say that um that Chase is going to be advancing over Tiger Mask. I think that's who he's fighting. Um,
1: This is... Okay. I have no idea if you guys are going to be able to see this. Okay. All right. I'm going to block me for a second, right? Um,
0: Let me know if you guys can like see... See it good,
1: cause I don't know. Um, let me see. Uh, I I will read Randy's comments in a second. Uh, but yeah, let me see if this looks. All right, you can see it. All right, cool. Cause um,
0: all right. So I have. You know what? I got to
1: bring it up um, on my thing because I need to know. I need to know. I need to know. Because I already memorized this whole shit of like what kind of
0: storytelling we should be doing. Uh, when I say we, I mean they. What they should be doing. Just because I'm so invested in this because it's the... This is my, this is what makes me happy because it combines my storytelling ability and just thinking through problems and by the way the reason why professional wrestling needs hold on I'm saying this while like I have this up um the reason why professional wrestling needs writers is because not only are we readers but we are critical thinkers that can help you think outside the box to know where a story should go next and why the story should go next. Um, if you ever want to hang out with me and pick my brain, it's because of, you know, me thinking about this on a deeper level because I love the characters. I love the story. Um, there is a lot of inner conflict that these guys are having, but the only person that um, is projecting their inner conflict is El Phantasma, which, by the way, we'll get to him soon, too. But... I mean Chase, I mean we could say Chase is like projecting his inner conflict. Um but it's not as heavy as Elf and Tasma. Um so this is why professional wrestling needs writers to guide um really deep stories like this and try to make sure that everything is either unraveled or all the loose ends are tied up and then like you know there's many layers to uh the story. It's like when you read a, a good novel you're like oh my god i can i can understand this character's uh inner conflict i can understand this character's outer conflict and sometimes the conflict is not just with you know themselves sometimes it's like man versus man and um you know i did a whole podcast episode about like the different types of conflicts uh that you know, uh, that people can have and how we can uh, implement that into like wrestling and stuff like that. Um, But if I look for it, it's going to take me a little bit longer. But you can definitely tell how excited I am when I talk about writing and writing elements and how that transfers over to wrestling. But yeah, that's why professional wrestling needs uh, writers because we are your critical thinkers. We are the ones that you come to when you have a problem and we give you a solution. You know, it may be like a crappy solution, but if you give me your input and we talk about it and then we could try to find a mutual ground where it makes sense for your character to do X, Y, and Z, your character, not necessarily you in uh, the real world, but your character. And if it makes sense to do X, Y, and Z, then, you know, we could go on from that. Um, I am definitely not the type of writer that would just throw shit at the wall. And see what sticks and be like, bam, just go do it. No, we're going to sit there. We're going to talk about it. And we're going to try to um, answer every single question that I have. So that way I could put you over because that is my job is to put you over. If I can't put you over, then I fucking failed as a writer and I shouldn't be doing it. But yeah, um, you can definitely tell how passionate I get about writing and wanting to put my degree to use and wanting to help out people. And this is why... All I want to do is just talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling. And all I want to do is talk about uh, Bullet Club drama and, like, try to see where this story can go. And if it goes in the wrong direction, I would definitely be like, well, it should have won in this one because X, Y, and Z. The same way that I was like, Fale should have won because Fale is, like, the final boss in, like, anything. They could have did something unique with this New Japan Cup for 2022. Um, because the bullet club storyline is so rich, it's so deep. The other um the other factions in New Japan Pro Wrestling, so like um chaos, chaos isn't doing shit. <laughs> like, why the fuck still chaos isn't doing shit? Um, we have Hantai. Hontai is not doing shit either. Um, we have Suzuki Gun. Suzuki Goon is doing their own thing but there's no inner conflict. We have um House of Torture. House of Torture's with Bullet Club and like I said earlier, House of Torture needs to get away from Bullet Club. I think at the end of the New Japan Cup, that's what that's what should happen. If not at the end of the New Japan Cup, it should happen at um, you know, uh in May um in Philly like New Japan send Evil over to the states, man. Just just, just do it. Trust me. Um, if you want, I can help out with that. I don't know how, but I could, I could do something. Um, United Empire, I was going to call them United Kingdom. I'm getting too happy right now. Um, (laughs) United Empire, uh, just got back together as like a complete unit. However, there was no inner turmoil inside. So like, they're not really doing anything. The biggest storyline in New Japan Pro Wrestling is... Bullet club. So this is why I get so passionate about it because this is like a really huge story-driven um storyline that I could get behind and I can actually like break it down for you guys and try to piece it all together and you know I get super excited. So you know, this is why I would think New Japan Cup of 2022 should just be story-driven, even if it goes against you know their hometown heroes. I totally get why they have hometown heroes, I really do. But, this is money. And New Japan, if you want to make money, you put it on Bullet Club right now. If any of the other teams end up getting um internal conflicts, you sort of put money on them too. But, this one right here is money. Like, do not leave money on the table, New Japan. Like, don't do it. I wouldn't want you guys to do it. Like, don't leave money on the table. Um, alright, so... Uh Randy says uh United Empire is stacked. They are they are a great unit. I love every single member of the United Empire. Uh Osprey could probably take the cup while Bullet Club fights themselves with Lij.
1: Oh, fights with themselves and with Lij. Are you saying that Bullet Club is fighting with LIJ too? What did I miss? Or did you mean
0: that United Empire is fighting with LIJ? The only reason why I do not want Osprey to take it is because it wouldn't make any sense. Look, man, I'm going to push the narrative of that this is a story-driven thing. Osprey does not need the New Japan Cup right now to go after Okada to get the belt back. Like, if Osprey is not going to present us with anything new, right? If If he becomes champion... If he's not going to present us with anything new, then it doesn't make sense for him to go and get the cup and get the be the winner and go after Okada. Tama has everything to gain in this because of what happened and because Tama is on that path of proving himself again, even if he feels like maybe like even if even if he feels like what's the point? Like who does he have to prove it to? One, he has to prove it to Jay. That's about it. He doesn't have to prove it to Bullet Club. Unless we had folly versus Tama in the finals um but yeah, see how like my brain goes with certain things uh let's get back to uh chase and all that this is really what makes me happy and really how like my passion just comes out because this is this is what I live for um this is really really what I live for uh okay, why didn't that not show? Okay, I guess I got to read it from here. Um, Randy says, Bullet Club is going to be distracted with the inner conflict and needing to eliminate L.I.J. So Bullet Club would be too distracted.
1: Oh. Uh... I... I guess. Oh. Man, okay, okay, I guess. I guess I can see it that way. That's because, um... You're thinking Shingo is gonna go over. All right, so. Uh, all right, so let me go back to uh. This lovely picture,
0: which you guys can see, right? Because we were talking about you know Chase advancing and stuff like that, and then I got on a tangent of why professional wrestling needs writers. Um, which they obviously do need writers. They need me. They need Marie Shadows. So if you need me, my DMs are open at Marie underscore shadows. You know, if you need me, I'm there for you. All right, so sorry that you do not see my cursor um at all. Um, you know, you're gonna have to listen to my voice. All right, listen to my lovely voice. On the right-hand side, um, down at the bottom, we are going to be having Chase versus Tiger Mask. It is no question, Chase is going to advance to the next round. Which, by the way, I want to say that Jotto got betrayed by Bullet Club just because Chase was, you know, being Bullet Club to Jado. How dare you, man? Like, Jotto cares about you, cares about the team. He's the only one that cares about the situation. And he was like, what happened? Like, what did Jay do? Like, Jado is the only one that cares about the situation. And then all of a sudden, fucking Chase had to go and do Bullet Club tactics to Jado, Even get Jotto's defenses down. And I was like, yo, Jado got betrayed by Bullet Club. What the fuck? Anyway. Chase is going to events, right? So in my mind of fantasy booking, originally I was gonna have Shingo go over Loa. Um, you know, nothing nothing against Loa. Uh I love him too. Uh, but that that was a really hard pick. But then, you know, if we play this out, what happens if we did get Tunga Loa versus Chase Owens? In the third round. Right? Then that would definitely put pressure. On Chase. And all of his beliefs. And you know. Confirm whether or not he really is. Going to be on the side of Jay and Fale. That will be great storytelling ability. Great storytelling. That can move this along a little bit. Because now is the time. To put pressure on certain people. Especially if. Gato is putting pressure on, uh, you know, the foreigners because Jay has a message, and you noticed. Noticed. Oh my God, and you notice that Gato has not gone to House of Torture to ask them, "Yo, what team are you on?" So, this would be a great storytelling aspect if we can get Loa versus Chase and see what happens. Because it will be nice. It will be interesting and it just helps with story. Fale lost, which was a very important piece of the story that should have never lost. And then you have um, Chase claiming that wherever Fale goes, he goes, so, you know, why not have Loa versus Chase? And by the way, my freaking restream comments are not like... um, you know, um, popping up. So Randy said, see, uh, see, see where you're going. Good stuff. Awesome. Thank you, Randy. Um, like I said, I, I live, I live for this, um, to make story better, to make story that makes sense. Um, I really do, uh, like live for this. This is 24 seven. Um, so You know, I would want that, but I don't think anyone in New Japan Pro Wrestling is listening to me at the moment. So, imagine this also, right? March 13th, which is tomorrow for us. It's already Sunday for Japan. We have Evil versus Tama. And this is going to be hard. This is going to be filled with emotion. This is going to be the match that makes or breaks Tama, the match that makes or breaks this Bullet Club storyline and everything that it's supposed to stand for. I do know that we are going to be on a slow burn when it comes to whatever Tama has planned for evil. And I am here for the ride. I am here to, you know, still be on Tama's side Because the way that the betrayal went down, I am not gonna accept that. That was the most heinous fucking betrayal ever. And you shouldn't be betraying family that brought you in just because Tama got a little mouthy. Tama did say that, you know, he was asking, where's Jay? Jay wasn't in last year's G1. And that, you know, Tama said that, you know, are you gonna come protect the throne? Um, if not, Tama's gonna like take the throne and stuff. So maybe that got under Jay White's skin, maybe it did. Um, and so you know, this match here is very important, and I would think it's very priv- uh, pivotal for the story to commence, especially having Tama versus evil. Um, Chase said in his comments that you know. Uh, there's always this, this tension between Tama and evil. Um, and so now we get it. Uh, this isn't the first time that they're meeting. This is, a uh, you know, quite a few times that they're meeting. Um, but I really hope that Tama picks up the victory. Tama has to pick up the victory. Like I said, this tournament has everything for Tama to gain. I have nothing against anyone else in this tournament like i love them all they're all great athletes they all tell great stories but like i said bullet club right now is the hottest story and if you don't want to lose money you put your money on bullet club um to tell you a really good story so i have tama advancing over evil because like i said he needs it now imagine if somehow chase uh gets a victory over loa um If Chase gets a victory over Loa, then we could probably see a Chase versus Tama matchup. And that would be amazing because, again, it it has to reaffirm Chase's comments on commentary. If Chase is going to stand by Fale and if Chase is going to stand by July 7th, 2018, this is the match, like, maybe needs to happen to right that wrong and to really get back at Tama because if it's been bothering him for 20 since 2018, why not do it at the New Japan Cup? You know, um to write that wrong. Um if you did not like go to him and be like, hey, what the fuck was that? Why did you do a tongue and twist to me? Which you know, keeping something for that long, that grudge for that long is not healthy. Not healthy at all. Uh, and so, um, so yeah, I think it'll be interesting if Chase once went, went the distance and fought Tama, and obviously lost to Tama. Um, That'll be interesting. Or if Loa ends up fighting Tama, like I don't know why they put Loa and Tama in the same bracket side. Um, but then again, if they put them on the other side, like it's still it's tricky. This is a very tricky thing, and it's like. Trying to make sure the spider web doesn't break, and this is what it's happening. I also do have here, you know, what happens if Shingo goes all the way to meet Tama? That would be his toughest challenge for uh, the New Japan Cup, and that would be even more story driven because Shingo seems like the type of guy to um, enjoy that kind of redemption story that Tama has right now. Um, You know, Shingo is the type of guy that wants to see your inner dragon, your inner fire, your inner ambition, and that's what Tama has. Tama has that dragon, that fire, that ambition, so you know, uh, why not? Uh, You know, why not for Tama to go all the way through to the finals, and for that. Um, But, you know, this is just me fantasy booking here, and this is what I love to do. Um, as you can see, for everyone that's listening to this uh via audio, um, I do have like Osprey um in the finals going after Tama. Maybe that could be um a matchup, and then you know, Okada versus Fale, if Fale would have went the distance. Or, you know, I have Fale versus Tama, and then the um the obvious one that Okada versus Tama and then Tama becomes champion and challenges Okada and gets the belt off of Okada because, regardless, Tama has that victory over Okada and that definitely gives him the advantage to be next in line to, um, you know, get the belt. Um, But yeah, um, this is answering Randy's thing about, you know, Chase uh, going over... Um, Tiger Mask and the New Japan Cup, and then me just, again, talking about my fantasy booking because, again, we don't have very much information to go on. Um, But yeah, uh, I have been streaming for close to like an hour and 12 minutes. Um, I want to uh, take a mini break, um, and then right after the break we'll talk about uh, El Phantasmo and his inner conflict and his amazing match against Osprey and how that plays into all this bullet club drama um and then yeah i think that's about it um i don't have anything new any more new information uh we know how everything played out i mean we could talk about the interview uh we could do that um yeah we're probably going to do that um yeah my my thing is not working uh, Randy says Sunday is a major point. Agreed. Uh, Tiger Mask versus Chase, and then Lower versus uh, Shingo, and then yeah, and then Evil versus uh Tama. Um. So I will be taking a just quick break. Uh, make sure to uh get up and stretch for a little bit.
1: You know, uh relax for a little bit. Um, but I'll be back in a couple minutes. All right. I hope you guys had a wonderful uh, little mini stretch
0: break. Um, I don't want to keep you guys here a little too long. Um, So the last two things that we're going to talk about is Elf Tasmo and how he fits into this whole Bullet Club uh, drama and just stuff that I was thinking about that pertains to uh, his character and his inner conflict right now. So I am a little cold just because it's... Freaking snowing outside. So yeah, I could feel. You know, whatever. Um. So, oh, and then after that, we'll talk about uh the um the Tama interview because that shit is amazing. So first things first, El fantasmo is an amazing guy, and he got brought in. Oh, what did he say on the commentary? Fuck. Uh. Well, he got brought into uh, Bullet Club. Okay, so Osprey had brought in El Phantasmo into New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, but instead of joining Osprey, which I when I think Osprey was part of Chaos though, um, everything seems like so far away, man. It's such a long time ago. Uh so he thought that Osprey was going no, sorry. <laughs> Osprey thought El Fantasma was going to be, you know, uh, I guess with him and Chaos, but he uh joined Bullet Club. And ever since he joined Bullet Club, he basically like, you know, cheats and does, you know, rakes his fingers across the back of people and stuff. However, when you eliminate the other Bullet Club members, the other Bullet Club influencers, you tend to, uh, you know, shine. Uh, Today, uh, during New Japan Cup, um, it was uh, El Phantasma versus Osprey. And El Phantasmo shined in that match. He is a fantastic wrestler, and, you know, he is amazing in the ring. Uh, so is Osprey. It was a very nice match, uh, really good back and forth. Um, of course, El Phantasma over, you know, maybe the month, the past month, um, ever since he got exposed about having a metal plate in his boot, um... So, you know, he no longer does sudden death, which is just a super kick. Um, And so in this match, they really play that up where, you know, Elphantasma was going to go for um, the sudden death. But Osprey just looks at him and yells at, uh, not really yells at him, but, you know, mouth off uh, to him about, you know, you know, do it. You know, we want you to do it. Like, why are you not doing the sudden death? Everybody, including Osprey, including, um... Bullet Club, they have oh, they have been on El Phantasmus back, um, about why he doesn't want to do you know the sudden death move, and this is something that plays into his inner conflict because if he's not confident in this move anymore, you know that's why he doesn't really do it. He tries, he tries to get over the mental hurdle of it, but he just really can't. Um, in this match, uh, he doesn't really hit it. I think Osprey decided to like mock him and like I think he hit he hit his own um like super kick to uh, El Fantasmo but you know regardless um unfortunately El Fantasmo um you know lost the match against Osprey. What I think is going to happen is that because everybody keeps um asking El Fantasmo, "Hey, why you're not using a super kick and then people have to pick up the slack. You realize that, you know, you're, you're doing more work than he is. So you're going to, you know, keep going after him and keep nagging him. And eventually I think he's going to be the first person to go back to, to the United States and be with Jay White, the good brothers and Chris Bay um, doing the American tour uh, just because, you know, he wants... He he will probably feel like he wants to be valued. And he was valued before he got exposed. So mentally, that probably fucks with you. Like, if we're going to break this journey down, you know, he won multiple matches. Whether it's tag team matches or singles matches with the Bullet Club help. Plus the sudden death. And then finally being exposed as, you know, the person that cheated to win this whole time, you know, that kind of, like, fucked with him mentally. So I just think that everybody getting on him, including Chase, to be like, hey, you know, why didn't you kick it? Why didn't you kick Honma when you had the chance? You know, I had to step up, blah, blah, blah. All of that is probably going to push him away, and it's probably going to have him go to the States wrestle there, gain some value. Um, Because another thing, too, is that he's been trying to tell New Japan Pro Wrestling that he wants to be included into the heavyweight division. Um, I guess he's trying to bulk up. Uh, He really looked good in this match. Um, Like, physical appearance-wise, he looked good. Um, But, uh, you know, I think that his value would raise if he were to go to the States and try to figure things out and try to uh, create a new move. Um, and not necessarily be the cheating part of the member of the Bullet Club, you know, um, and do things the right way. You can still be a heel and give great freaking matches. Um, you just don't have to like cheat sometimes, you know, if that makes sense. Um, so Phantasmo's Inner Conflict is a really, really good one. It shows you the progression of what it means to have a character. Um, that starts out with, he's super confident, super cocky because, you know, he knows that he has something illegal in his boot, but the running storyline is, is that he has been training in Canada and kicking maple trees in order to get his heel, the foot of his heel, uh, that strong and that powerful. So, you know, um, it makes sense. Um, and then all of a sudden hit a bump in the road where you get exposed and that shit brings down your confidence. So if any wrestler out there wants to, uh, you know, study a really good character development, you study El Fantasma. That's what you do. Uh, just because of how his character over time changed and it was a really, really good change, um, That that's what happens. Uh, so other than that, that's what I think. Um he hasn't really said much um to begin with. Um a lot of
1: people haven't really said much. So, you know, that's all I could go on. Okay. The last thing that I want to talk about is the, um,
0: the, um, the promo, it's not the promo, the, um, New Japan interview that, um, Chris
1: Charlton did with, uh, Tama, um, which, um, I'm trying to find it on my Twitter, uh, There it is. Uh, I don't know how I'm going
0: to talk about this, but, you know, um, just seeing the mini interview that they put up, the video package, you could definitely tell that even though Tama is extremely upset um, and Tama is basically, like, um, trying to understand everything the same way that we're trying to understand everything, because, again, we were all left in the dark. Like, there is no... Um, like I have no sources or nothing to like give you guys or anything like that. And by the way, I do not consider myself part of the wrestling media, even though like I cover professional wrestling, um, wrestling media is just really, really like toxic gatekeeping and, you know, um, nobody really wins. Um, everybody wants to be first in breaking news, but what I want to do is, uh, share my passion for wrestling. I totally forgot to have that. That Rob means... Underscore
1: Rob underscore W is now following.
0: Hey, thank you for following the channel. That thing, that, that, that bell like fucking scared the shit out of me. You, you can hear it in my voice, right? You can hear it in my voice. Um, what is your
1: name? Hey, is this Aussie Lucian? (laughs) Um, if it is, I really don't remember your name being Rob. I really don't. Oh my God.
0: Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. Thanks for that follow. Uh, I might have to like change up, uh, the sound just because, cause I don't, I don't know. Um, that thing like spooked me. Uh, <laughs> uh, for those of you listening to this on audio, um, basically I have a new follower. Uh, so yeah, that, that's what it was. All right. So back to, um, you know, deciphering this wonderful interview that Chris Charlton did with Tama. Um, yeah, in that video package, you could definitely hear in Thomas' voice that he doesn't really know what's next. And oh yeah, I was talking about wrestling media and how they're like toxic and yeah. Um what I do consider myself is a writer, uh, is an analyst, um, and I could break down professional wrestling like no other. Um, that is what I do. Um, and that is what I love. Um, so yeah. Um I still cover professional wrestling, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, breaking news, guys. This is what happened when, you know, it could be like a fucking lie, Um, like we've been seeing over the past month. Anyway. So, um, this interview is basically written up, right?
1: Uh, let me see if I can find something good. There was, um, so, you know. Uh, I think it's
0: true um, and definitely a true sentiment when uh, Thomas says in this interview that, uh, you know, uh, about the chase between G.O.D. and the Good Brothers, um, because we were all focusing on that. Like there was nothing different. Um, We all wanted, uh, you know, uh, to see that happen. We all wanted um, the Good Brothers to go down and be defeated by G.O.D., Um, but I think that Tama is right when he said that Jay saw an opening and that, you know, that blindsided him and, you know, nobody was prepared for that. Um, but that's what Jay does. Jay does amazing things, um, because he knows how to strike when the moment is, um, when the moment is right and
1: hot and, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh... Jay basically strikes when your guard is down. And that's what really happened. Too much focusing on...
0: Uh, too much focusing on the Good Brothers allowed Jay White to get in there and basically like destroy G.O.D. from the inside,
1: um, if that makes any sense. Um, other than that, uh, let's see... Um, And then him saying that he's at a standstill, like, you could feel that in the video. You could
0: definitely feel that in the video. Um, the thing here is that uh, when Thomas acts about, like, you know, when they brought Jay into the Bullet Club, um, you know, they brought him in after they kicked out the Elite. Um, and then they saw him as, you know, someone that they can definitely mold into the top position, and I could definitely understand that. Um, you know... J.Y. being in Bullet Club was a very good thing for him and good for Bullet Club all around. Like, they really made the right decision. But like I said earlier in this podcast, that um, I really think that after... Um, uh, I think after uh, Thomas said the little things that he said and, you know, Jay feeling maybe not satisfied enough, he was just like, oh, that's it. Um, I want to do something different. Um, you know, it's time to uh you know take matters into his own hands. Um and I think that the writing was on the wall ever since Jay was saying that, you know, this is the real bullet club, this is the real era, and it has nothing to do with, you know, the elite and the good brothers, but I'm not sure if they're gonna tie all that in to like this. Maybe they should. Maybe they should. Um the other thing too is that this is a little bit different just because, you know, Jay wasn't straight up in the face of Thomas saying that, hey, I'm going to destroy everything from the inside out. You have something that I want, so I'm going to take it. It's different from him uh, doing that to Okada. So this is why this is a little bit more different. It hits different. It feels different. Um, I don't know if any fan out there can say they felt the same way with this when it came to
1: Jay betraying Okada. Um, Let's see. Uh, Okay, Um, Tama does go on to say that, uh,
0: realized that he was falling off, meaning Jay, that he wasn't at the level in the business that he was two, three years ago. I think he felt threatened by me, to be honest. He wasn't here in the G1 last year. And a lot of us had to step up. I stepped up to control and he saw that he saw as well as he saw as well that I was upset with how he handled things last year and how he thought that he had to do something about it. So I'll give him that much. He caught me by surprise. He got, uh, he got one up on me. Um, yeah, you know, I totally agree with that, that, um, you know, if you're not being careful, Of course, everybody in in a group is going to have their egos and is going to have their days where, you know, things are not going to make sense. Things are not going to be right. But at the end, at the end of the day, if everyone in Bullet Club is supposed to be family, you could just talk it out. You know, Um, if Jay really did have something, you know, bothering him, you know, why not contact Tama and be like, yo, you know, um, let's talk about this. Like what's really happening here. But Does Jay ever do that? No. Jay is more like, you know, what his moniker is, that he's the Switchblade and that you breathe with the Switchblade. Like, if he really doesn't like something, he's gonna let you know via freaking stabbing you in the back, betraying you. Um, But yeah, like I said, um, you know, Jay is such a polarizing figure that, you know, reading this interview with Tama, basically, like, Still sort of breaks my heart <laughs> just because of like, you know, it's really weird that, you know, Jay would be the one to be like, yo, what side are you on? When not too long ago before they recruited him, Tama was asking people, what side are you on? Because they had Kenny versus Cody in this fucking civil war shit. So I think this is kind of like interesting. I'm going to have to think more about it. I didn't think about it that way. The only reason why I thought about it this way, it's because um Chris had asked uh Tama and he says um quoting from the I'm quoting from the article, backstage at anniversary, Gato spoke backstage to El Fantasmo, Taiji Ishimori, and Balakfale. He relayed a message from Jay White saying, What side are you on? Um, right? So like I'm just gonna stop it there for that. That's what Tama was doing when we had the first civil war between Kenny and Cody. So, you know, to now have Jay being like, what side are you on? This is interesting because the reasoning for um, Tama and the firing squad to kick out the elite along with Cody is because they got too big for the group. The spotlight was always on them and it wasn't on the group itself. And, which I found, which I find kind of weird if we want to like, um, sort of compare it. Um, this is very similar, you know, where I guess Bullet Club in Japan, I don't know if if they weren't getting as much, mm, I don't know. Okay, hold on. I got to think about this. Right now I'm a little cold and I don't want to put on the damn sweater.
1: So that's why I'm having a hard time thinking about this. Um. Yeah, I got nothing. I might have to save this for the next one. But I do find it
0: interesting that not too long ago, before they got Jay White, Tama was doing the same thing for the Civil War between Kenny and Cody. Even though Kenny and Cody were doing it too of like, yo, what side are you on? But that really didn't include um, Bullet Club Japan fully, you know? And then this one here, it's all like, Jay is now telling people what side are you on, you know? I just think that's very funny in the storytelling element that I'm going to have to think about it more. Um, so yeah, I'm probably going to dive into that into another uh podcast episode uh for that. Uh Just because, you know, I freaking love storytelling. Um... Yeah, now the the code is getting to me. Um And then, you know, Tama telling Chris that he has not been in touch with um uh, with them at all. Um And obviously we know that the right choice is Tama.
1: We know that that's the right the right choice. Uh Okay. Um And then freaking, uh, Tama with, uh, you know, uh, him
0: saying that, uh, him holding the gold, right? Uh, because I was saying before that if Tama, no, when Tama wins the New Japan cup, he's going to face Okada. He's going to get the belt and that's going to anger J.Y. even more. Um, and then we're going to see this whole thing, um, explode, um, into something really good and something really great. Um, but yeah, uh, you guys should definitely read the, um, the interview. The interview is amazing. Uh, Chris Sharton did a very great job of it. Um, and so, uh,
1: yeah, um, he really does, you know, and I think this, this came out this this came out like yesterday.
0: Uh there's an interesting thing where um Chris asks him about, you know, if he has any if Thomas has anything to express to Folly. And uh Thomas says, We're family. That's blood. So you already know what the right choice is. We shouldn't have to we shouldn't even have to speak about this. We started together day one here. So you know what so you know what the right choice is, Fale. That's why if they would have went with Fale um going over um in the New Japan Cup, that would have made Chase Owen's comments that much better, that much stronger. And then Fale doesn't have to say anything until we get to the finals and it's Fale versus Tama as like the final boss. Because, again, you got to think of this as a journey for Tama to get a redemption story. And you guys might be, like, you know, upset with redemption stories, tired of redemption stories. But they are the best stories that make the most money because you're rooting for the one that got burned. Tama definitely got burned in this. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like, he got burned. um, And so, him... Facing his ultimate challenge, which would be Fale, because Fale is an OG. And probably the only way to get back into Bullet Club, to have some type of stability into Bullet Club, you go through Fale. You don't go through Jay. You don't go through the Good Brothers. They have no fucking power over this whole thing. They really don't. And I really think that the people in Bullet Club should probably, like, stand up and be like, bro, you know, you never, you didn't make Bullet Club. You're just here. You know, you got into it because you were the right fit that doesn't mean that you go and do it by yourself because if that's the case you know get out of bullet club and just be like jay white that's it not associated with any other you know faction or club because jay really does think about himself rather than thinking of the team you know that's the whole thing of bullet club is to think about the team everyone was equal so Fale should have the last say into, like, anything that Jay wants to do. But nothing has been questioned. Nothing has been confronted. And I think that that's what we're missing. We're missing that tension between everybody. Uh, just because, you know, there's, there's really not much going on. There's not much story happening uh, yet. But like I said, everything is going to be a slow burn and I'm going to have to accept it. But I'm not saying to, like, give me the full story now. Give me enough. So that way i can talk about it maybe suggest some like changes or who knows whatever and then like you know present it to everyone here that's watching this or listening to this on your favorite podcast episode your favorite podcast platform but this is probably going to be your favorite podcast episode um yeah so that's what i think about the whole entire thing i really do think that new japan pro wrestling missed a really key storytelling element just because they wanted to keep Tanahashi as the face, as the golden boy for, you know, the hope and the light in uh, this COVID situation and stuff. And I think that you're not, you shouldn't be missing things when, you know, there's there's money left on the table. Um, but yeah, uh, I have fun with this. Uh, I really don't know what else to talk about. I don't want to go in circles. Um, you know, that's, that's about it for me. Um,
1: so what I'm going to do is, um, so what I'm going to do is, uh, basically play us out. You got to hear my
0: voice. You're going to see that the stream is ending because, you know, uh, you know, I have nothing else to talk about. Um, I don't want to go in circles. I gave you guys all new information about, you know, um uh, about New Japan Pro Wrestling and if you guys just got here, I am super sorry. Uh but you guys will catch me uh tomorrow. I'm thinking about streaming uh the New Japan game which I've been playing, but I want to play for you guys. Because you know, you guys are the best by coming here and helping me out and just listening to me talk. So I have I really do have fun playing the New Japan Strong Spirits game. And you know, Tanahashi threw his hat in to be the ambassador for Japan. I want to be the ambassador for America. Um, hell, I just want to be the ambassador for New Japan Pro Wrestling because right now that's like the best pro wrestling around, and that's one of my favorite companies, and I just really love what they do, uh, no matter what. Um, but yes, like I said, you are listening to the voice of Marie Shadows. So every time the stream ends, it basically shows who follows. So, uh, if you guys, you know, um... Want to follow me? You guys can. You guys should. So that you never miss an update. You never miss a notification when I go live talking about professional wrestling. Like I said, this is what I love to do. I wake up every single day and I can talk about wrestling. I make content, whether that is um, me writing articles. I have some articles over at ko-fi.com forward slash Marie underscore shadows. And I have, you know, my podcast episodes over at anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast and also on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash square circle podcast. And then right here on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Marie underscore shadows. I am super active over on Twitter at Marie underscore shadows. So, you know, you guys can follow me wherever you want. Yes, I do have a Discord. If you want to know about the Discord Uh, message me on Twitter Um, if you guys want. Well, I mean, yeah, I was going to be like, if you guys don't want my Instagram, I'm thinking I'm making an Instagram. So, you know, stay tuned for that. The best place to reach me is definitely on Twitter. Um, My DMs are open if you ever want to talk about wrestling or anything like that. Um, I really do hope that you guys um, tend to enjoy this episode um, and just you know, see my knowledge of like what I bring to the table when it comes to talking about stories about this. Cause this is really something that I love. And I know I've been saying that this whole entire time, but I love what I do. And, um, yeah. And I love each and every one of you guys. I really do. Everyone that has come by the stream said hello. Uh, Randy was amazing. Uh, amazing chatter in the, in the screen, in the stream. And anybody that's lurking, that's really great. Um, So, yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of the stream. I appreciate you guys for stopping by, and I will see you guys on the next one. You have been listening to an episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie
1: Shadows, and I'll see you guys on the next one.